0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the word together.
1: That's right here. We're going to come back. We're going to come back and white horses. We're going to have our time with Jesus, seven years. We're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb up there in heaven celebrating with Jesus. Destruction is going to happen on this earth. You do not want to be here during this tribulation period. You do not want to be here. Satan and the Antichrist, as you read through the book of Revelation, Satan will have power over the tribulation saints. He will have power over them. He doesn't have power over the church today. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that... Okay, just want to make sure you guys awake. Okay, the millennial period, 1,000-year reign. I'm trying to keep as still as I can. 1,000-year reign of Christ, we will be there. This will be similar to the time of Adam and Eve. It'll be similar. The wolf will lay down with a lamb. It's going to be a time of, of, of peace, kind of. It's going to be forced righteousness, though, because there will still be people left over on the earth that are not believers yet. There will be a forced righteousness, we will rule and reign with him as kings and priests. I don't fully understand that, but I'm excited. So, I didn't. this is new. The heaven and the earth. I believe, okay, the white throne judgment, nobody in this room wants to be at the white throne judgment. We have a beam of seat judgment. We do not have a white throne judgment. The white throne judgment is where unbelievers will stand before the throne of God, and they will be cast out into the lake of fire with Satan and the Antichrist, the false prophet, They're going to be tossed out. I believe probably, most likely, right after that, the earth will be destroyed, and then there'll be the new heaven and new earth, and then we live happily ever after. Amen? Amen. And we talk about the rapture. We talk about, you know, this is going to be exciting. It'll be so exciting for us, guys. Listen, for you and I that know Christ, it's going to be marvelous. We will be caught up in the air with the Lord. Never to be separated from Jesus Christ ever again. Do you know that? Never. Once we're caught up with him, we're never going to be separated. We're in heaven with him. We come back with him on the horses. We rule and reign with him in the millennial period. We go into the new heaven and new earth. The new heaven and the new earth, we don't have a clue exactly what it's going to be like. We'll have new bodies, glorified bodies. We do not know what we'll be like, the Bible says, but we will be like him, like Jesus. So we'll be able to handle the destruction of the, of the earth and heaven because we have new bodies, glorified bodies, and we're going to have the new heaven and the new earth, and we're going to rule and reign with him forever and ever. So listen, it's exciting for us. I know for a fact, thank you, Lord, my name is written in the book of life. I'm born again. God's Holy Spirit lives in me. This hour that comes, the time of the the rapture, it doesn't freak me out. I'm not scared even a little bit. I'm excited. And I live with expectancy. I truly do. There's probably not a day that goes by that my wife and I don't say, it could be today. It could be today. Would it be awesome if it's today? And you might be here today and say, well, I have family members that don't know the Lord. I have good friends that don't know the Lord. I know, I do too. I'm sure we all do. But it might take the tribulation period before they come to know Christ. This is serious stuff. I just want to point out, it's interesting when you look at this, the thief in the night, is Jesus is going to come as a thief. Uh, in, in the church period, the seven letters to the seven churches, the wording is used here for Jesus coming as a thief. This is during the church time, okay? So I just want to point this out. There's another passage we're going to look at during the tribulation period. It also talks about Jesus coming as a thief. So people sometimes are real dogmatic when it says, oh, it says that he's coming as a thief in the night of the day of the Lord, that's for sure. The second coming of Jesus Christ and da-da-da-da-da. I get it, but it starts with the rapture of the church. It starts with the rapture of the church. And so it does use the same wording here, Church of Sardis, the Church of Sardis, Jesus speaking to the Church of Sardis, uh, if you're a note taker, the Church of Sardis is known as the dead church. We never ever want to be the Church of Sardis, that's the dead church, that's the church down the street, no that was a joke, that was a joke, (laughs) joke, sorry, just being silly. Okay, and the angel of the church of Sardis (laughs) writes, these things says he who has the seven spirits, the fullness of God's spirit, and the seven stars, the seven angels of the seven churches. That's what that means. I know your works that you have. Listen to this. You have a name that you're alive, but you are, can we say it together? You are dead. That means there's churches out there that think, oh, we're alive, and we're doing so great, and we're prospering, and we've got building projects. We got this going on. We got that going on. We are so alive, and... Jesus looks at the church and says, you're dead. You're a dead church. Why? Because Jesus isn't reigning in that church. The gospel doesn't go out in that church. Do you know there's many churches today, they do not preach the gospel. I have a friend of mine, he left a church where he was going to a church for months and he finally went to the pastor of the church and the elders and he says, I have a problem with your church. And he goes, well, what's wrong? He says, you never preach the gospel. And they, listen to this, this is what they told him. They said, we don't do that here. He says, Well, let me get this straight. You don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ that you've saved by grace through faith and and that you can be born again? No, we don't do, we're not called to do that. He left the church immediately. That's a dead church. That's a dead church. Be watchful, be awake, be looking for the return of Christ and strengthen the things which remain. The dead church is saying, you have a little stuff going on, strengthen those things because they're ready to die. You got a little stuff going on that's good, but. You're going to die if you keep down that same road. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. So you've heard the good news. Hold fast, and what does he tell that church to do? Repent. He's telling the church to repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, be watchful, be ready. I will come upon you as a? As a what? Thief. Thief. I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. That's the church, okay? During the time of tribulation, we see the same thing. This is during the tribulation period. He says, behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed are blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. In other words, they, they've accepted Christ. They believe in Christ. They, they're watching for the Lord's second coming during the tribulation period. That's the waiting for a second coming, Right? We looked at the chart already. Lest he walk naked, if if he doesn't have Christ, and they see his shame. So we see that wording in both places. Let's move on. Let's look back in our text. Verse 11, please. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Since everything's going to dissolve, everything's going to burn, since Christ is going to come and set up a new heaven and a new earth, the shout goes out to everyone, listen, every one of us that are here is, is believers in Christ, saying, what kind of person do you think you should be? And if we were here thinking, what kind of, okay, well, this is what, this question, okay, what kind of person, you're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you, what kind of person should I be? What kind of person? See, it's going to dissolve. Jesus is going to come. We're going to set up his kingdom. We're going to live forever with him. What kind of person should I be? Well, it's easy. It's, it's an open book test. While we're waiting, eagerly, as we look at, eagerly waiting for his return, expecting him to come at any time, we'll look at that. What kind of person should we be? Holy. Word, if you're a no taker the word holy means separate, separated to God. Nation of Israel, they're known as a holy nation. Why? Because they were separated from the Gentile, the pagan world. They were separated to God. They were considered a holy nation. We're considered a holy nation, a holy group of people. The church, we're set apart for God. God pulled us out of darkness and he brought us into his marvelous light. We're born again of his Holy Spirit. He's saying now because you know this, you know that everything's gonna dissolve. You know there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. You're gonna live in a glorious place forever and ever. He's saying you've got work to do. Godliness. Godliness. Well, what does that mean, godliness? I believe there's you know, a good definition that I read. It's reflecting the character of your creator reflecting the character of your creator, reflecting his character in your life. That's how we're to be, we're to reflect his character, we're to be set apart, set apart from the world. If there's influence in your lives that make you fall back into the world, fall into sin, you need to separate from that. I had to do that, I had to separate from people, people that were in my life that that caused me to to go back into the old ways, I had to say, no, I can't, I gotta separate from that, sorry. If you can be in that situation, listen, if you can be with friends or you can be with loved ones, you can be with family members, and you're able to change their spiritual walk in a good way, in a powerful, wonderful way, you stay in those relationships. Let God use you. Let God influence the people that are around you. You be the leader and you influence them for good. And you say, hey, that's garbage. I don't do that stuff. Stay there. But if they're influencing you to do things that are ungodly, you have to get out of there, separate yourself, be holy, be holy get out of that situation. Why? Because it's serious. As we wait for the Lord's return, we are to separate ourselves. We're to reflect the character of our creator. A good friend of mine, as you many know, Ted Dixon, his memorial service was yesterday. It, I was asked to speak at it. I felt strongly the Lord wanted me to speak at it. And I, I've, I don't know if I've ever felt that strong about speaking at a memorial service, but I wanted to speak at this man's memorial service. And I just so happened to run into his wife, Tina, at Costco. And God put it on my heart, I want you to speak at this. I'm like, well, God, you got to do it. I'm not going to call them, hey, can I speak at no. You do it, God. I, I'm faithful. I want to. You're putting it in my heart. Run into her at Costco, say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, so I'll see you at the memorial service. She goes, oh, by the way, can you speak at the memorial service? Seriously. And if that wasn't a confirmation, I don't know what it is. I was so excited to speak at his memorial service. Why? Because he's a man that I feel in my life that was used mightily by God. and He loved life. I got to speak about how he... This man loved life. He loved life. Our God loves life. Matter of fact, he's the creator of life itself. He said that we should have life and more abundant, an abundant life. That's what we're to have. Without sounding bragging or anything, I have been living the abundant life that God has for me lately. It's abundant. There's nothing like it. It's almost like I want to tell me, don't you get it? Don't you, can you just step out of darkness? Really just get into the light. This is awesome. God has abundant life for you. Oh, but my life is so boring, it's so so ugly, it's so weird. Yeah, life can be terrible, but you want abundance? Step into what God has for you. Walk in what God has. He loved life. He loved making people laugh. Ted Dixon, he loved making people laugh. Not everybody understood his joke. Sometimes two weeks later, like, oh, that was hilarious. (laughs) That's what he was trying to say. It's true. I mean, he, just is, he was brilliant. I mean, the off-the-charts brilliant guy. He was just off-the-charts. His IQ just had to be like, the scale here, I'm right like down here, right. He was up here. He was like brilliant. Joy, laughter, like medicine. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He was reflecting, reflecting his creator. Godliness. He loved sharing the gospel. He loved the word of God. Everywhere he went, he shared the gospel with people. He loved the word, he loved the gospel. That's the character of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He, You know, the character of just the word of God, the word of God, and telling people about his Jesus. It's, it's, we're to reflect the, the character of our creator. He was creative, this man, very creative. He, his son told a story about Ted that uh, his company gave him a, a, a new Mercedes for his company car, and his son had real bad allergies, so he cut a hole in the dashboard to put his Kleenex in it. He had to buy the car, yes, I know that, but so he had to end up purchasing the car but but just this you just everywhere you went, he used to You know, he's just, he's a very creative. He's helped us out here. He's just creative. And we think of God in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Creativity. I love people that are creative. Why? Because it reflects the character of our God. We have a very creative God. Amen? Amen. He's creative. We're to reflect his character. We're godliness. After the memorial service, we stopped at Costco to pick something up. Actually, we picked up this big... uh, So, pomegranate juice, we just started drinking that. I don't know if Costco's, it's actually a good deal. You get a big old thing like this. No, it's about this big. I'm just exaggerating. Okay, it's about this big. But listen to this. So we went to there right after the memorial service. I'm just like, just feeling so blessed, and God's just speaking to my heart, and just a beautiful time, and thinking of you know the character of God in this man's life, and thinking how I want to reflect God's character even more, you know. So went there, and they opened up a new register for us. There was a long line, so they opened up the new register. So we're first in line. I set my my thing, my uh, pomegranate juice, right there in front of the lady where she's and she's got to counter money, and she went like this. She looked at me, and she went boom, and she. Pushed down the, the pomegranate. She went, just, I kid you not. She went like this. It's standing right here. I said it right there. She went like this. She went, doop, and she put it, pushed it down. And I'm like, what was that all about? <laughs> I almost said, Satan, get behind me, but I didn't do it. <laughs> it, was, it was to get me in, my, in the flesh. She just, I mean, just the way she even did, she just looked at me like, I'm just going to get you mad right now. Boom. And I wanted to just go like this, set it up, and go boom, and then hold my hand on it. But I thought, no, that would probably be weird. She's trying to push it down, up, trying to pull it. That would just, just that's just weird. So I didn't do that. But I literally had to pray. I just instantly, this flesh wanted to just, just rise up. Like, where's the manager? What's wrong with you, girl? And just like, I was just like, what was that all about? And I had to just start talking something about Jesus. I do not even know what I was saying. I was like, I got to focus on Jesus right now. So I started talking about the memorial service. My wife was there. Chad was with us too. We started talking about Jesus and this and that because I'm like, I'm going to lose it right now instantly. I'm just going to go from zero to a 1,000. I'm just going to go like there. And I'm like, I, I have to reflect the character of my creator. And that that's, may not happen here. Laughter And then I remembered also a, a pastor years ago mentioned how he was, and this, this something similar like this happened to me, but I remember his story, which prompted me to do this before, but he, he mentioned how uh, him and his wife. Uh, he's a pastor of a big church, and he, they, him and his wife went to a restaurant, and the waitress came up and took his silver and just threw it down on the table and just kind of threw the the. The menus at them, and she walked away, and they were like, what in the world was that? And they were ready to call the manager over. They're ready, and the wife was like, I'm going to tell this girl off, and I can't believe it. And he's like, honey, right, just hold on a second. Let's pray for this girl. We don't know what's going on in her life right now. And they literally there, they just stopped and prayed, and, and they just loved on her. She came back, and they're like, hey, are you having a good day today? Is everything going And she just started crying. She's like, well, my husband left me, and my brother died not too long ago, and, and she just was in tears. And they said, honey, you know, can we pray for you? And that's terrible. We kind of figured your, something was going on, you know. I don't know, discernment or something was going on there. But. <laughs> and they showed her the love of Christ. They were reflecting the character of their creator. We don't know what people are going through around us. Real quick, uh, when we talk about godliness, it's not like something like we have to just work up and we gotta, okay, I gotta reflect, the, you know, my creator. No, remember what we looked at in Second Peter, remember in chapter one, I just wanna point this out because godliness we can have by the power of the Holy Spirit and that's what we, we looked at in Second Peter one. Remember in uh, verse two, it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. But listen, this is the part. As his divine power his Holy Spirit, the power of His Holy Spirit has given to us all things that pertain to life and, can we say that together, godliness. So we have everything we need with the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life of godliness, for life and godliness. It's provided for us. So you might, you know, don't stress out and think, well, how am I gonna do that? And reflect, well, it's, it's provided for you by the Holy Spirit. You just have to choose to, to do it. Amen. Amen? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God of God. If you're a note taker, that word looking for means expecting, waiting for. That's exactly what it means. We're to be expecting. We're to be waiting for. While we're here on the earth, what are we to do? Okay, we're to be godly. We're to be set apart, but we're also to, we're to be waiting. We're to be looking forward to it. We're to be like my wife and I do. We, honey, he could come today. He can come at any time. And when it does, it should, it should excite you to live for him, but hastening, I, I want to look at that word a little closer. Hastening means to desire earnestly, possibly. There's, there's two meanings to this word. It's very interesting. So it, it does. It means to desire earnestly. So we're not just to desire the Lord's return, to come to get us, to take us to be with him, but we're to earnestly desire it, like, Lord, please come. Jesus, come at any time. But it also means to speed up. It's the Greek word spendo. That's where we get our word speedos. No, that's, that's just a no. No. That's not what it means, speedos. That's not what it means. I'm sorry. Those should be against the law for men to wear, but that's another story. That's, a, that's another story. No, that's true. I'm sorry. That's, I didn't even mean that. Was just, I'm just being silly. But it does. It is The Greek word is uh, uh, spendo. It's, but it, it means to speed up also. So. This is crazy when we think the sovereignty of God and he's going to come and he knows when he's going to come. But also there's, there's our part in this. There's our, our part in, 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 to, to share the gospel, our part to be about his business to, and that I believe that's encompassed with this hastening. When we're, when we're doing the Lord's work, when we're telling people about Jesus, it could be the very last Gentile that needs to come to Christ. We share with them and they give their life to Christ and then the rapture of the church takes place, hastening, doing what you're called to do. We're not to just sit on our hands. We're, we're to be about his business. Did you see this new poll that came out? And I'll try to, did you see this? Check this out. This is a new poll that came out for UK, for the United Kingdom. 89% and I'll read it to you. In the UK reveals the staggering 89% of young people ages 18 to 29 feel that their lives are meaningless and without purpose. that's almost like 9 out of 10 kids between 18 and 29, they believe that their life is meaningless and without purpose, has no purpose. That's staggering. That's staggering. I don't know what it is in the United States, but if that's anywhere close to that, that's staggering. When you talk to kids that age, their their life is meaningless. Well, of course it's going to be meaningless. Without Christ, there's no real meaning to life. When you you have Christ, you have meaning for life. There's a purpose for life. God created you in a unique way. He created you like nobody else. Your fingerprints are different. Your voice is different. Your eyes are different. Everything about you is different. And God wants to use that. And he has a purpose and a plan set apart just for you. But if you're here in this world and you're doing the things of the world, you're not going to come in contact with his calling for your life, you're, the purpose that he has for you. So, of course, it's going to be meaningless. But as soon as you set yourself apart, you give your life to Christ, and you step into a relationship with God, let me tell you, your life does have purpose. Purpose. Because he created you for a purpose and he's a very, very creative God that has created you for, as his creation for a purpose that nobody else has planned to do. It's called for you to do. What is that purpose? Are you fulfilling that purpose? I don't want you to be like that 89%. I can stand up here and say, and, and look every one of you in the eyes, God called me for a purpose and I believe I'm walking in the calling that God has called me for. This is what he's called me to do. And I love it. Does that mean there's no battles? No, believe me, there's battles. Does that mean that you, know, you don't get weary? Yeah, I get tired sometimes, but I don't get tired of this work. I might get a little tired in the work, but I don't get tired of the work. Why? Because it's what I'm called to do, and it's not me, but it's God who works in me, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen? Amen. That's what he wants for you. So hasten it. Do what you're called to do. It's, I believe it's a good definition of that. So let's close with this last verse. Verse thirteen in our text, okay? Second Peter three, verse thirteen. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which, can we say it together? Righteousness dwells. To as I'm closing, we're looking for new heavens. Think of the best place in the world that you would want to be. I, I look at it as Southern California. This is wonderful. Maybe to you it's Hawaii. Maybe to you it's going to Disney World or Disneyland or wherever it is, it's just the best place you can come up with. It's nothing like, nothing like the place we're going to, guys. We're going to a place where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying, no more tears, and no more death. That means we'll never, ever be separated from our loved ones again, those that love Jesus. You don't have to go to memorial services when it comes to the new heaven and new earth. There will be no memorial service because we'll never be separated from our loved ones. We have a very bright future. Our citizenship as believers is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. And my question is, are you ready? Because it can happen unexpectedly at any time. And if not, be ready because Jesus Christ is coming back.
0: To Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714 788 8221. That's 714 788 8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California. 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.